is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Spectators. I'm Julian Osius. I'm Brooklyn, man. How we doing, bro? We're doing good. We're we're coming to you with a, an extra episode this week because just so much sports stuff happened. And it was a really like a lot of exciting stuff. Some, uh, a little bit of scandal, a little controversy, a little, little drama, a little something, and some just really good football being played and some not so good football <laughs> being played. And uh, we're kind of going to get into that. And so we're going to talk divisional round of the NFL and looking forward to next week's championship round, uh, the Natty, LSU Clemson, and the Astros. Scandalous. And what's, what's happened with them. Starting off, divisional round, the first game of the weekend on Saturday. Minnesota versus San Fran. Uh, this kind of went the way a lot of people expected. Uh, I don't think anybody expected Dalvin Cook to only run for 18 yards. Not at all. That was surprising. But I do think people expected him to be limited. I think people were, were estimating probably around like you know 60 to like 80 probably. Yeah, that's a safe bet right there. But to 18 rushing yards, and he had a good amount of rushes too, That that really just took minnesota all sorts out of whack and uh when you do when you take them out of whack and put them in cousins hands it's it's usually not too pretty yeah cousins didn't do terrible but when it's one-sided it's it's gonna be terrible for just relying on kirk and dalvin not showing up at all because the run game is the backbone of that vikings team yeah and you know when when we're not able to run the ball and establish that run into into play action it, they're very ordinary. And, I mean, San Francisco on offense wasn't going crazy in this game either. It kind of just chewed away and chewed away, and the defense was on the field for so long that, I mean, Jimmy Dree was not good by, like, any standards in this game. He was just, like, efficient, and he made plays when he needed to. Well, he wasn't even making the plays. No, nah, he looked phenomenal on that first drive. They yeah. were driving down the field just – doing whatever they wanted to do to that Vikings defense. Yeah, and then they continued that with the rush game all day. I mean, Tevin Coleman and Mostert combined for over 150 yards and a couple of touchdowns, and you know what? That'll do it. When you're rushing for over 150, you're probably going to win a lot of football games. Yeah, 150 compared to 18, you're not getting nothing done. Yeah, that's just the way that goes. So, I mean, that, that San Francisco defense is legit, and... I think if you can stop a guy like Dalvin Cook with a with a cheese scheme like the zone run, like that's not an easy scheme to stop just because the way it's designed is kind of to find the gaps. And um, that's going to be – if they can stop that, they can stop any running game. And so that kind of scares me moving forward because they're facing a really good running back next week in Aaron Jones. And they got a potential dog coming <laughs> after him. A potential dog. Yes. Which, that's the second game we're going to talk about. Yeah. Ravens, Tennessee. The, the upset nobody expected. <laughs> the upset nobody expected. I mean, that's not true. Not nobody. So, some people were saying it, but, man. And we kind of told y'all last week, don't sleep on Tennessee because they are a very good team that their record does not match how good they are. Absolutely Because not. once Tannehill came in, they were a, came, a completely different team, and they rallied behind him. And, I mean, he's not particularly great by any standards, but he makes throws when he needs to. He's great off the play action, and that play action is phenomenal because they have the best running back in the league. If he was playing in the 60s, he would have had 20 championships 
and he would never have gotten hurt. <laughs> King Henry is an animal. Yeah, Derrick Henry's just a beast. Thirty rushes on almost two hundred yards, and you can't forget about Jumpman with the jump pass Tebow throw for the touchdown. After that sixty-six yard run, I think it was to set it up. Comes off the field one. All break. the yards on that drive were off him. Yeah. Same thing like last week. He and had it feels a 75-yard drive. Every yard was off of his back. Mm-hmm. And when you have a good O-line like Tennessee does, and you have a running back who's just as physical and as quick. Like, there's nobody that we've ever seen in this game that's as big as he is, like physically intimidating, but also has speed and agility to make the jump cuts that he does. It's crazy. And he just sheds off defenders. I mean, Earl Thomas was talking about how people were scared to tackle him, but we're not. <laughs> And then Earl Thomas was looking stupid trying to tackle him. Looked like a little league kid trying it's to It's wild. Him and you get it because I wouldn't really want to tackle him either. Absolutely not. But you can't be letting up a buck 95 no. when, first of all, you're at home. You have the likely MVP on your team. And he doesn't play defense. I get that. But you got to help him out. Yes. And Lamar's numbers looked really good in this game. He didn't look as sharp as he usually does. He, he but was that's off of, He was pretty objectively bad in this game. Yeah. And when quote unquote you got three weeks off by resting your players in late weeks in the season, having the bye week, coming out this game, looking sluggish, this team was not ready to show up and play a playoff football game. Not at all. And I don't know if this is something that's going to get into his head because now a lot of media people are kind of going after him, and I don't mm-hmm. think that's really fair. No, he put he up played, 500. He played 15 and, phenomenal games this yeah, week. 508 total year. yards from Lamar Jackson. Now, and that's and a they're quote super unquote inflated. bad, bad yeah, game for They're him. definitely inflated. Stats. Yeah, but when you're throwing it 59 or 60 times, you're gonna get some. You're gonna get some yards. Yeah. Um, his rushing was great though, as it always seems to be. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be an issue moving forward. Um, you know, I just you need to get him some more weapons. That that's really what it comes down to. Hollywood Brown is a young guy. He's speedy. Mm-hmm. He's not a number one wide receiver, at least no. not right now. They have a bunch. They have a whole battalion of tight ends. <laughs> yeah, that are okay. And then you have Ingram, who is not a particularly good ball catching running back. He's a great running back. Didn't have a great game. He only uh, had twenty two yards. Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna have a good game when you're. Losing most of the game. He was also hurt with yeah. his calf, so but, he yeah. wasn't really going to be a big factor coming into that game yeah. anyways. Yeah, and so that's tough for them, but, I mean, you to get beat this bad at home, the score doesn't even show how bad they were beaten. No. It was just a complete ball-controlling, dominant game by Tennessee. They did to Baltimore what Baltimore's done to every other team Everybody. this season. Just dominate the ground, and if you need to throw it, throw it. And make the big plays when you need to, and they just not. It, it was like, and now it, even, it was. You watch the whole game, and your just jaw was just like yeah. down. Even with Lamar not being as sharp as he usually does, he did have some on target throws. And from that Ravens wide receiver core, they had twenty plus drop passes. Man, in a playoff game, that's gonna kill you. You gotta make plays and step up. You have to. And twenty in a playoff game is just ridiculous. Enough. Ten's gonna kill you. Yeah. So. You know, that that's just kind of how that goes. Number one seed, they fall to the sixth seed. This is the first time since it's been the a couple Jets of, and the Patriots. Since the Jets where a wild card team has even made championship weekend, mm-hmm. which is kind of wild that it's been 
a good little chunk of time since that's yeah. happened. So shout out to the Tennessee Titans who have a legit chance to go into Kansas City and win a game because they've just gone into they two do. very hostile environments against two very good teams. It's gonna Who be says a they can't do it again? Who says they can't do it again? Yeah. Also, little tidbit. If Tennessee wins the Super Bowl this year, this is the best playoff run by any team in the history of football. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. Yeah, especially how they started. I, will, I won't argument until, or I won't argue for it until it happens. Just, but just yeah. thirty for thirty type stuff. Like honestly, yeah. Uh, third game of the weekend, Houston KC. <laughs> this one was wild. This game was absolutely wild. Wild is an understatement, man. It's... Tennis or not Tennessee? Houston takes a quick twenty four nothing lead in the first quarter. I have never seen Houston score that much in a half. Never mind that quarter. I was getting scared, man. And I thought they might throw, like put up 60. I'm I was just like, holy scared. crap. Special teams was phenomenal. And then Bill O'Brien, and I and I said this watching the game, and I they had a fourth and one in mm-hmm. Kansas City's territory, and they were going to go for it, and they didn't know what to play call or whatever. They call a timeout. They kick a field goal. And I said, if they don't go for this, fourth and one, you're probably going to get it. Even if you don't get it, you pin them back in their in their territory, right? It was at like the 12. If you go for it on fourth and one, you get the f- first down, you likely score a touchdown because you still have another chance to get a first down, mm-hmm. get a touchdown. Now you go up 28 to nothing. I just don't see a way that you're down 28 nothing, foot on their neck, and you're just pushing down. You're putting pressure on them that they have a chance to come back. But you don't go for it on fourth. You kick the field goal. You leave a little bit of air for Kansas City in their home stadium. The next play to get a kickoff that goes like 60 yards, and they're off and running. The play that really turned the momentum into Kansas City's favor, though, is, again, on a fourth down play that they try to go for on the fake punt. I think it was on, like, the 40 on Kansas City side. You're already up 24 nothing. You have the momentum. You're leading. There's no need to do a trick play like that in your opponent's territory. You go for it. You don't convert. They immediately score after that. And then they end up putting up three scores, I think, in less than four minutes. And then going to the half down 28-24 after. In the second quarter, you're up 24 nothing. Yeah, you, you felt the momentum shifting after a second touchdown. You're like, oh, this is 24-14. Hold yeah. up. But you knew that with who Patrick Mahomes is and the weapons that they have and who Bill O'Brien is, just a conservative, no frills, just like pretty okay coach with a lot of talent around him, that they were going to joke this game. Like, you just knew. Yeah. And when you're aggressive when you shouldn't be and when you're conservative when you shouldn't be, you know, that's that's really going to... Recipe for disaster. That's really going to hurt. And 41 he, unanswered points. MVP, Patty Mahomes. Five touchdowns. I mean, I mean he, he really is something special. He is. He really is. I mean, I didn't see him make many bad throws. There were some, like, pass breakups. But every time he threw the ball to Travis Kelsey, which he had 10 receptions and three touchdowns, by yeah. the way. No other receiver on that team had more than three. And Tariq Hill was the one with three. Everybody else had two or one. Kelsey was unbelievable. And if you don't think Travis Kelsey's the best tight end in the league, I don't know what to tell you. I just don't know what to tell you. 
that's a wide receiver playing tight end, and he's a big boy, I'm right and he's bigger than you. And Mahomes and Kelsey, that's scary, man. Yeah. That's really, really scary. And more so than just winning this game, because they were supposed to win, but to be down 24 nothing, to have the belief to come back and take the lead in one quarter and it never looked bad. Just to keep your foot on the on Houston's neck for the whole entire rest of the game. Crazy. To win 51-31. <sighs> There's not really words to put it into, man. And then especially the best part about this game, in my opinion, was Arrowhead Stadium running out of fireworks because Kansas City had so many fireworks of their own putting up what was it? How many touchdowns? About seven, I think. Seven touchdowns. Yeah, seven touchdowns. <laughs> it's incredible. You, that's the type of stuff you love to see for a stadium to run out of fireworks in the middle of a game. Yeah, and I think that AFC Championship game is going to be really exciting because those are two teams that are built completely different. Ten- Tennessee on the run and stopping the run and... The Chiefs are all about getting to the quarterback and using theirs. So yep. I'm excited to see that it's game. It's going to be a fun game. Um, I, I'm taking Kansas City in that. Yeah. Um, no disrespect to Tennessee. I just think Kansas City was bound to kind of do this anyway. But yeah. the way they're playing, the whole – once Mahomes got back from being hurt, they've just quietly been smoking teams. And I've said and I've had Kansas came. City going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Even I had them beating the Ravens in the AFC Championship. But – Shout out to Derrick Henry. Happened a week early. Mm-hmm. So last game, divisional round, we got Seahawks-Packers. This game was a very typical Seahawks-Packers game to me. Mm-hmm. Both teams love playing really ugly, really close games that are kind of just like slugfests. I wasn't particularly entertained by this at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you had two all-time great quarterbacks, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. And now Aaron Rodgers gets his fourth trip to the championship round. Um he played well enough. Nothing crazy from him, but he played well enough. Uh, Devontae Adams played unbelievable. Out of his mind. He played unbelievable. There was like concerns before t- the game touchdowns. of can he play in cold weather? Because apparently, like every winter, he starts to get bad. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I don't know how true or not that is, but this is what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, put that to bed right now. That he's a dog. <laughs> he's just a dog. Absolutely. Uh, Russell Wilson. What else to say about him? He's just amazing. Yeah, you know what you're going to get out of Russ. He's incredible. He'll keep his team in any game. They were down 21-3 at the half, then they lost by five yeah. in Green Bay. Like, what else you want from your quarterback? On a tight call. Yeah. You want a little bit more out of your running backs, but they're also on their <laughs> on the fifth and sixth string at this point. Yeah. So, you can't expect too much from Marshawn and, and Homer, but you would have liked to see a little bit more from them. And, yeah, I mean – Questionable call at the end of the game with Jimmy Graham. It's the first time we've talked about Jimmy Graham in years. Yeah. So, I mean, shout out to him. Yeah. He got some quote-unquote revenge on Seattle for not knowing how to use him, but nobody knows his, nobody knows how to use him because he's not particularly good. <laughs> uh, yeah, Green Bay 28-23. Going to play San Francisco in San Francisco next week. Uh, who you got in that game? I got Green Bay. You got Green Bay. I got Green Bay. And I just see Aaron Rodgers outplaying Garoppolo throughout the whole game. And I think off the strength of that, 
that's going to be enough to get them to win. Okay. Now, San Francisco's defense is nasty, but just off the strength of, strength of Aaron Rodgers, I got Green Bay. I mean, and t- I, don't know, yeah. I don't think it's going to be more than three points. I mean, they don't win by more than that. Seven. Anyway, so. I think it's going to be a game winner that Green Bay wins on. Okay. Uh, Mason Crosby doing the, the Crosby special and winning mm-hmm. the game at the end. Um, I'm going to take San Francisco in this. I just yeah. don't think it matters if Jimmy G gets outplayed because he gets outplayed every week, it seems like. <laughs> I mean, not he's great. I mean, Jimmy G's great, but the way that the 49ers are set up, they do not need him to play well to beat a team. And when he does play well, they're going to smoke you. Yeah. And I think Green Bay has a decent defense. Um, the Smith brothers up front are going to get some pressure on them. They're going to look at this Minnesota game because they got some pressure on Jimmy G all day. So they're going to kind of copy that blueprint a little bit. But if you can't stop them rushing, and I don't think you can, they're going to have a long day. And I think San Francisco, they just played a better running back than Aaron Jones and kept him to essentially nothing. Um, if they can do half, or, you know, if they can hold him to 50, I, I think San Francisco wins pretty comfortably. Okay. Aaron Rodgers won't let it be a comfortable win. I yeah. understand that. But he's also kind of towards the end of his, his uh, journey with us. And so, uh, yeah, but Aaron Rodgers is one of those quarterbacks that at any given Sunday he could just go crazy. Yeah, I'm taking Jimmy G. Okay, I'll Fair take enough. it. I'm taking Jimmy G versus Mahomes Super Bowl. Uh, don't ask me who I'm taking yet, even yeah. though I'm taking KC. Don't ask me though. <laughs> I didn't say that. That's not that's off the record. But uh, <laughs> that that's my predictions. Uh, you're. You're thinking KC Green Bay, I'd imagine. Yeah, I got KC. It's just... It's hard to see them not. As good as Tennessee's run is right now, and especially Derrick Henry, coming off of three straight 180-plus rushing games. First time ever for a running back, too. I don't see that being enough, especially Kansas City coming out hot off of a 51-point game. Coming out hot. That momentum is going to be driving them. It's tough to take Tennessee, man. I, yeah. I got Kansas City probably by two scores. I think Derrick Henry has to run for 30 and 195 and throw for a touchdown again to have a chance in this game. And, I mean, I, I would love to be wrong because I, I am I love this Titans team. I think they're yeah, fun to watch. Cool. I think they're cheering for Ryan Tannehill is pretty sick. I would love <laughs> to see Ryan Tannehill go into Miami and win a Super Bowl in a different jersey than the Dolphins. I would love it. I think that would be amazing. That would be so cool. So, you know, I'm, I'm not against it or trying to hate on them or anything. It's just Mahomes is another level of, of something. Man. I agree. And Mahomes wants his Super Bowl appearance that he should have had last year. And I heard word on the street is we got a young Patty Mahomes. Not quite. Comparisons aren't there. Mm-hmm. But a young Patty Mahomes coming out of LSU. <laughs> Cincinnati bound, likely. From Ohio, going to Ohio. From the purple and gold to the black and orange, Joe Burrow, Heisman by, winner. By you, Joe. <laughs> undefeated as a starter. National championship winner, Joe Burrow and his LSU Tigers. Ed Ogeron, congratulations. Go Tigers. You really did deserve it. Um, you built a great program out there. Uh, shout out to Les Miles for foundation and mm-hmm. Ed Ogeron taking it over the top. Um, I mean, this game felt 
it was fun. It was exciting. Mm-hmm. Until all of a sudden, just Joe decided, eh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go win this right now. Yep. I don't, I don't want any more of this doubt stuff you guys got going on. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna throw a few more picks. You know, like three or four or five mm-hmm. more. Set the college football record in throwing touchdown with 61. 61. And he had five throwing touchdowns this game. He had so last season he had fifteen throwing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. This season, the last three games, you know, the <laughs> SEC championship, college football playoff semi, and the final, he had fifteen. Oh man! Against Georgia, against who did he play? Oklahoma, Oklahoma, and Clemson. So two great defenses, and then you got Oklahoma, which I mean, man, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't, he just outplayed Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence looked like a shell of himself, which I mean, he kind of has all season, Yeah, but he was just overthrowing people, rushing throws. I think he he got in his own head. Yeah. That, That was the issue with that. And I don't know who was calling the plays for Clemson, but it felt like they were underutilizing the fact that they have two NFL caliber wide receivers and an NFL caliber running back. And they just kind of weren't using them right. I mean, T. Higgins only had like 36 yards. Granted, he should have had more. There was a P.I. play that took away like 40 and a touchdown. Yeah. It was kind of too little too late at that point. Yeah, I don't see anything really coming out of that. And, I mean, you're going to tell me Joe Burrow is going to come in. National championship. First year starter. 463 yards. Five touchdowns against Clemson. Team who's been there, done that. Russian touchdown, too. <laughs> and he looked... I think that's what impressed me the most about Joe Burrow. Every time they started to get pressure on him, he was comfortable in the pocket. And then he would get out the pocket, he would step up, have like an idea of where the line of scrimmage was, and just make a play. He's a very confident young kid. And you love to see a kid... I mean, he's not particularly young. I think he's like a fifth-year college guy at this point. He was a grad transfer, I think. And... So he's not like a he's not like Trevor Lawrence who's nineteen or eighteen, he's you know he's a little twenty something. Mm-hmm. But he got some confidence for a guy who was not starting at Ohio State who was beaten out by several different guys. It's crazy to how transfer and do this. It's crazy. Could be the greatest college football quarterback of all season. Time. I'm not gonna say quarterback, but I'm gonna say season. Like this season he had. People are saying that this might be the best college football team of all time, and I I don't know if I agree. I'd say uh, Miami Hurricanes yeah. are up there. I would say those Texas teams from the mid or yeah, mid to early uh, 2000s are up there. Obviously, I don't know too much about like super old yeah. college football teams. But well, I can't, they're up there. But they I mean, are absolutely for the schedule there. they played, they played so many top 10 teams. Um, they played – the winner of like the Citrus Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Alamo Bowl, the Outback Bowl, like all their teams that they played won big games at the end of the season, and they beat them all. And you know, hats off, it was a great season, and you really hope that he's gonna go in, keep this confidence because it's really easy to lose this confidence yep. if you don't go in to be a starter right away. I mean, there's a conceivably he can go into Cincinnati and not start day one 
because that's just kind of how the NFL is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he will. I think he'll start right away. Yeah, I can't see. But they're, you know, he could. That could be something they do. They want to ease him in. They want to get him to learn the playbook or learn whatever they want him to learn. And he just needs to keep that confidence because boy, does he got it. And that video of after he throws that dagger touchdown at the end of the game. Point at the ring, baby. Give me the ring. Fit it. <laughs> that that was so cool. It was really cool. And I don't know if you can hate the kid because he has a pretty good story. Yeah. Apparently, he's super nice. Um, yeah, he's not a cocky kid. Just humble. Confident. Confident. Puts his head down. Plays. Works. Oh, smart. So, shout out to Joe. Uh, you put an amazing season together. Yeah. And uh, I hope you keep it going. I really do. Uh, Cincinnati, Go Tigers. Cin- yeah, Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, the Cincinnati Tigers are going to love you. They're going to love you. Scandalous. Scandalous. So you're going to tell me that I can just put a camera in the outfield, right? Mm-hmm. And then I can put a trash can in the dugout. Mm-hmm. And I can win a World Series? Yep. Is that easy? That easy. Okay. That right. easy, man. Houston, what is going on? Houston, we have a problem. What is going on? You know what makes this worse? What? AJ Hinch, earlier this year, in the playoffs, playing the Yankees, there was like whisperings mm-hmm. of, hey, hey, they're getting our pitches. Like, they know what pitches are coming. There's whisperings of this. So the media is like, hey, AJ, what's up, man? What's going on? Why is this something that we're hearing? And AJ, like, snaps. He's, mm-hmm. like, mad about it. He's yep. like, listen, mm-hmm. we don't do that. The MOB, they make sure everybody has a fair play in the playoff, blah, 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 this, that, the other thing. We don't cheat. Terrible. Like, three months later, here we are. AJ Hinch, fired. Jim Crane, fired. One-year suspensions for him. And you know what that meant? MLB said, hey, we're going to suspend them for a long time. We're gonna tell you. We're gonna tell people. We're gonna suspend them for a year. Yeah. And guess what? You are gonna fire them. Yeah, they're they're trying to save a little bit of face. Cause if if you just take a coach and the GM and say they're banned for life, that looks bad. Yeah, and then also a five million dollar fine to yeah. the organization. They lose first and second round draft picks for twenty twenty and twenty twenty one season. Do you think it's? A good enough punishment, all in all. Oh no! Oh goodness gracious! I agree. No. Um, I agree. There could have easily been player bans. I'm happy that didn't happen. I don't think player bans should have happened. The only player that should, or not banned, but like suspension. The only player that should have been suspended is Beltron, because now he's a coach and he kind of. There's a whole thing around that. No players currently playing should have been suspended, but. That 2017 season, where they used this the entire season, or some form of it to start, and it eventually turned into this. And won a championship off of it. It won a championship, an American League championship, and then a World Series championship. I don't know how you can keep those. I don't know how it you can It should have been stripped. It I think, it's still, I think it still has the potential to be. Uh, but you see, I don't see them doing it now, because after you already give out the punishments, why couple weeks a month later well because i think this is something that's unprecedented and when something is unprecedented like this you really don't know how to react kind of think like the best way to think of it is you invent something right Mm -hmm. you invent the the new light bulb you know toilet Mm -hmm. paper whatever it is you don't know what to sell it for at first so you sell it to the first guy for five bucks and you realize this is a thing that you people might really really want so you bump it up a little Mm -hmm. bit 
things like that have happened. Um, and I think you could extend this punishment because it's warranted. And I feel like if you ask a lot of people in the league that aren't in that Houston organization, they'll agree with you. And, you know, I don't know if the MVP gets taken away. I don't so much care about that. You know, that's individual accolades. He's not going to win it if he doesn't have this. He shouldn't have won it anyway in the first place. That's, you know. Story for another day. That doesn't matter. No. But the World Series, I mean, you robbed the Yankees. Who did they play before the Yankees? Cleveland. Yeah. They robbed the Dodgers. They robbed the Dodgers of chances to win another World Series. And countless pitchers that they teed off on all year. Some of them lost their jobs. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a big, big deal. This is not just, oh, we won the World Series. Hey, you know, let's take their banner down. No, this is, they took people's jobs. They took people's money because some people didn't make their, you know, bonuses because they needed two more hits and mm-hmm. or they needed to strike out two more people and Bregman hit a curveball. Yep. You know, I mean, they took money. They took jobs. They took titles. They took accolades from a lot of different people. And when it comes to the history of the sport, this is a stain. This is worse than the steroid era. This is significantly yep. worse. And absolutely, if you're going to blackball guys from the steroid era to not make the Hall of Fame, you know. And now on top of Houston doing this, there's also scandalous about the Red Sox doing it the year after because of 2017. The ring, well, the ringleader. Alex Cora formerly current manager of the Boston Red Sox, was the bench coach on the Astros and obviously gets a job in Boston and quote-unquote does the same thing in Boston. He gets fired. He's still under investigation. Possibly he could get a lifetime ban. I I can't imagine there's a reality he doesn't. Or they'll give him like a ban that's long enough to where he'll never get hired again. Mm -hmm. So I think like five years probably. Mm Mm-hmm. And the, to withstand the five-year ban, you have to be, like, signed somewhere. Like, you have to be actively on a team, which he's not right now. Yeah. So, if he gets banned for five years, that means you got to pay him. You're not paying him because he's banned. But you got to sign him, wait five years, and then he can join. And who's going to do that? Yeah. So, I think they're going to do something like that. Um, he's going to get blackballed. He'll never score again. Um, it, or score coach he'll never coach again (laughs) hold on um he'll never coach again aj hinch maybe there's a chance because in these uh investigation reports that were uh given to the public you could apparently he tried to stop it but when you're the manager of a team if you're the big boss right and there's some sketchy stuff going on are you just gonna slap the guy on the wrist once twice three times or you're going to fire him at some point. Yeah. And so if A.J. Hinch was really the the wholesome good guy they want us to believe, he would have just fired Cora when uh, when this was like, okay, Alex. Because there's no way that he doesn't know it's happening. Yeah. And, you and know, he finds out it's happening if he wasn't the person who made it happen and then still lets it continuously go on. Yeah. So that's the issue. There is another branch off from this. As you said, Carlos Beltran should have been suspended. He's now manager of the New York Mets. Does he keep his job there? He'll probably be fine. Um, And I think the real reason for that is, again, he was a player who, first of all, didn't pick the Astros. He was traded there. 
So it's not like he had like an option to go there. Um, he was part of the team. I'm sure in some capacity he was part of this, even though he's a pretty good guy. You know, you want to win, you want to win. Yeah. Um, but again, he was a player, and this was really rooted in the coaches letting this happen. Unless there was a report saying like Carlos Beltran bought the TV, <laughs> bought the camera, you know? was the one banging on the trash cans. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. I'll be hard pressed because the entire team used it. And if you don't think so, you're just kind of ignorant to what's happening. The whole team used it, which is, again, why I think the World Series should be voided. Their rings should be returned, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's enough punishment for the players because that's kind of brutal. Yeah. Like, taking away the thing you worked so hard for. And, I mean, they worked less hard than a team usually does yeah. for it. But now you're just tainted. But we're not going to say that these guys can't hit or they can't play. No, they got great players, and that's the bad part about this. That's what like, makes it so now... sad. They have, like, Hall of Fame guys that just their careers are kind of tainted now. Yeah. I mean, Jose Altuve is one of the best second basemen this game has ever seen. And the best guy at his height we've ever seen. And he's broken barriers for people like him and people from his country and all that. And it sucks to have something like this kind of like mar like such a good person for the game. I mean, apart from this, he was phenomenal for the game of baseball. Yeah. I mean, just a, he does a, a lot. Just a great story. I mean, he hits walk-offs <laughs> in big moments. I don't want to talk about that. He does big things. <laughs> yeah. And... This is bigger. Now, speaking of bigger, they don't give lifetime suspensions to any of the Houston people, and they don't strip it. But Pete Rose, lifetime ban, cannot be around the game for betting on himself, for gambling on himself, not throwing games, not cheating the game, betting on himself. Do you think that's worse than this or um morally no but legally yes. And I say that because I think sports gambling is fine. I think it should be legal everywhere. It's on the way to being that. Mm-hmm. You should be able to bet on yourself if you're betting, I guess. But I also think that's kind of weird, but um I mean sports gambling was straight up illegal at the time completely. And then it's really, really taboo to bet. I know you're not allowed to as an official. No. Right? And you're not allowed to as a player just bet at all in your particular league because then you would throw games, influence people to throw games, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's kind of where it comes from is Pete Rose said, hey, I put my entire year salary to get three more hits. And he calls up – Cy Young. I don't even know what year. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, you kind of real far. But, but you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, he you. calls up the pitcher coming up from the White Sox tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I have a bet that I need three more hits tomorrow. I'll give you half the earning. And that's really easy to do. Yeah. And, it's, you know. And, and now there's no proving that happened. But but, but that's, I, I that's the logic yeah. behind it. And so, yeah. Pete Rose. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame because that's stupid that he's not. Yeah. But now at the time I understand lifetime ban, sure. Now you see the wave of sports gambling starting to easing up a little bit. That's why I say yeah. the Hall of Fame should be fine. But now you should keep lift... him away from the game, hundred well, percent. I disagree. I think you should lift the ban now that gambling is starting to be 
quote unquote part of the game, not directly integrated with the game, but part of it. So now you're going to keep somebody penalized while all these people are around the game gambling on it. But one guy who 30 years ago, I don't, I don't have it off the top of my head how long ago he played, but all those years ago, you're going to penalize him now. Yeah. I don't see it. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how that goes. Um, it kind of sucks, but that bl- that blackballing of sorts is going to continue yeah. into this. It's going to spill into this, and I think it's kind of warranted. Um, I don't think time really should uh, alter that. I don't think in you know thirty years Alex Cora should be allowed to be given another job just because time has got on and like you know now we're using cameras. No, I don't think that's kind of how it works. Um, so, Alex, get out of here. You're out of Boston. Um, you're a great manager and a bigger idiot. Um, and a, you know what? Just, like, don't cheat. It's really simple. Just don't cheat. When you're told mm-hmm. rules, just stick to them. Stick to them. Like, that's it. That That's really all this is. It's just a really bad situation for any sport. And I think the MLB has handled it pretty well. But I think they could come down harder and should if they feel it's, like, not too late. Yeah. Now, segueing back into a little bit of football news, we've had some retirements over the last couple of days. Two uh, really great players. Hall of Famer Antonio Gates, 16 years, a stud. He's been in the Pro Bowl, like, eight times. Um Chargers legend, tight end legend. 116 touchdowns leads all tight ends. Yeah, and I think it's a pretty large gap between him and the next guy. Um, and, you know, I I would have believed you if you told me he retired three <laughs> years ago. Yeah. But, you know, I wish him a happy retirement. I hope he stays with the Chargers organization in some be capacity. Cool. Yeah. He'll probably be like a tight end coach or a recruiter or whatever. Front office. Yeah, something. whatever they need him to do. Hope he does that. I hope he... It's chilling. CTE's not hitting. But somebody, CTE might be hitting. Is number two on this list. Luke Keekley. Another great player. uh, Probably a Hall of Famer, too. I mean, this guy's a stud. He was in the league for eight years, and I think he made seven. Seven Pro Bowls. Seven Pro Bowls. Defensive Rookie of the Year. So, you know, I mean, he's been a linebacker monster since he joined the league. Um, Eight seasons, I guess, isn't super short, but it's not like the long career that you envision for somebody of his caliber you definitely expected a longer career because he definitely could have played another five yeah maybe. and so there has to be either some sort of health concerns or mm-hmm. something of that nature maybe a kid that uh is holding him back and you know kudos to you if it's like an andrew luck situation where you think your health is more important than playing anymore i respect that completely to you. yeah i i hope i hope it's uh, before too late is kind of what I would hope. Yeah, you know, get out while you can. So absolutely. Uh, shout out to both of those guys for great careers. And An- another yeah. shout out. Another shout shout out, out to Chad Johnson, Mister Ocho Cinco, making a return to the Allegedly. XFL as a wide receiver. Nope. No, 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 no. As a kicker, as a FIFA god. Today, as we speak. He is scheduled to have a tryout with the XFL team. I don't know which one. Could just be all the teams. 
but scheduled to have a tryout as a kicker today as we are recording this. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That is very cool. And uh, I hope he makes it. It'll just be kind of fun. You'll sell like 10 more tickets, if nothing else. So <laughs> somebody should pick him up. Yeah. But, you know, good for him. Staying in shape. I mean, he's been out of the league for a while. And he's, a while. And I, if you follow him on Twitter, which I know a lot of people do, um, he has a, he's pretty active for, for how old and what he does for sitting, smoking cigars all the time. <laughs> he's, he's pretty active and pretty um, in shape, which is awesome. Plays a lot of soccer, too. Mm-hmm. So A lot of FIFA. Yeah. So... And XFL starts in just a little under a month, February 8th. Mm-hmm. Which leads me into our last little bit right here. We like to play a game called Smartest Dude. Brooklyn, I know you got to think, so I'm going I'm to go first. All right? You got to think about something. Uh, smart or stupid? Is it smart to bet on, and not betting is in cash, but bet on the longevity of the XFL long term? I do. And I say that because they're not trying to really compete with the NFL. They're doing it as a secondary league in the offseason. They're making it very exciting with their rules. They're going to be doing a lot of different stuff within the game and game experiences. I do see it striving in the long run. Cool. I mean, I, I think I do too, but... I also said the same thing about the AAF. So. Well, the problem with the AAF, they were trying to make it as like a G League to the NFL. And G League games are not exciting. So you get your own league. You guys are doing your own thing. You got your own players, own rules, completely different environment aspect of the game. Kind of like the big three for basketball. Now, given really different, five on five, three on three. but And it's... 50-year-old players coming out of <laughs> YMCA retirement homes coming to play. But it's still something fun to watch in the offseason. You get that little dose of, in that case, basketball. But in this case, football that we don't have for the whole offseason, that we're waiting for the season to kick off. So you do that. I see it striving, and I see it being cool. Tickets are cheap right now. They're in NFL stadiums. They're using some baseball stadiums. The Rangers moving into a new ballpark, utilizing that. So, I see it doing very well. Okay, cool. You got what you got for me. Um, smart or stupid? CeCe Sabathia, fresh off of retirement, coming back as a front office consultant for the New York Yankees. Smart or stupid? Smart. He got Garrett Cole. Smart. Absolutely. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So that's an easy one. I mean... He got the best guy in the league, or best guy in the market, is what I'll say. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, if he can do that, just wait till he does it again next year or the year after or whenever they need him to again. Pretty easy. You got another uh, one? Yeah. Smart or stupid? Betting on Derrick Henry to stay healthy, not just for the rest of his run, but just kind of how it is. I mean, he hasn't been hurt really ever. Smart or stupid? I think it's smart. He's a very strong, big-body running back. Runs uphill, straight through people. Doesn't try to do a lot of cuts. If he does, it's just a little hezzy. Um, as long as he puts the time and money into his body and really goes headstrong into that, I see him staying healthy and being very, very dominant in this league for a long time. I hope so. That boy's 
That boy's a dog. I really hope so. So, I got one more for you. Smart or stupid? Tom Brady staying. Well, in a sense. Tom Brady leaving the Patriots and playing another year or two. Stupid. Stupid. Why would you leave the thing that made you who you are? Because if you stay and you're bad, you're old. Yeah. It's okay. And then you could leave and on it's top. fine. It's fine. If you leave and you're bad, all of a sudden, Tom Brady's a system quarterback. Tom Brady's nothing without Bill Does Belichick. Need, yeah. Tom Brady's old and he's washed up. He's terrible without Randy Moss. This, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. And none of them are even true. I mean, maybe he is a system guy to an extent. I but... do believe the Belichick part. I think him and Belichick and that's are a fine. combo deal. That's fine. But, yeah. You know, it doesn't matter when that's all he's known. Yeah. And, so, and that's all he's needed to know. Mm-hmm. So, if he leaves, I think it could be more detrimental than good. But also, if he's not going to start next year, then... I just can't see him not starting. I know, but if, if they go out and draft, say, Justin Herbert, for an example, and they say, Justin, you're starting game one. And and they're like, whole season? They're like, whole season. Tom, I'd be out. But see, that's the if, only if situation. Do, if they do it as like a Eli-Danny Jones thing, Eli starts... Brady is that bad that they have to bring Which in. Which I can't imagine it would be. Yeah. But that's the only way I would leave if I were him. Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, dude, you're not going to play this yeah, year. Yeah, because why tarnish your legacy? And it's not like a big tarnish because you got the most Super Bowls ever. You're one of the best quarterbacks But it, ever. it gives the doubters like more ammunition. Yeah. And it's kind of just unneeded ammunition. Because like, I compare it to what the Spurs. You got Tony Parker, great San Antonio Spurs. Leaves for no reason for a year. Goes to the Hornets. Yeah. Bad year. People kind of forget. Retires. For what? Yeah, for what? Like, you could have retired lifetime spur. Go out on top. Do all that. And, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when you have the chance to stay with an organization your whole career, do it. But football's the one sport that's weird about it. Because they're just like, well, we don't care. See ya. But, yeah. yeah. If I'm Tom, you stay. Yeah, you, you run it back next year, you're going to go 13-3 and three again, I'm sure. Run a bike. And, uh, you know, try and go for a Super Bowl. But All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode, man. Um, It's been a fun week. We got a lot to look forward to next week. We got Super Bowl matchups, championship games. We got a little UFC talk probably next week. So, um. And Zion is finally starting. In yes, the sir. Zion Williamson. It's back. So look forward to that for next week. And uh, we're the spectators. Follow See. us at uh, at underscore the spectators on Twitter. Retweet, like, follow. Follow us on SoundCloud. It's always a pleasure. Have a good one, everybody. Catch you next time.